How is it already March? I, I have no idea, but happy March to you all. And the Pittsburgh Penguins, the March of the Penguins has started. They've won three in a row heading into this month. And nope, definitely looking like buyers right now. A lot of trade smoke around this team, but not a lot of fire. It looks like right now we're going to get into that a little later on in the show. But to start the show, I'm going to get into just how badly the Penguins dominated the Predators on Tuesday night and why, you know, things are starting to look a little more up right now after that really embarrassing loss to the Oilers last week. That's all coming up right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Emerson Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. You can visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. And of course, we are free and available on all platforms. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so let's jump right into it. Penguins 3, Predators 1 on Tuesday night, a game that looked like it was not going to go their way, you know, especially after they were playing well, but Sidney Crosby comes right up, steps right up, I should say, ties the game. Jason Zucker gets the game winner with less than two minutes left, and Brian Russ gets the empty netter to put away. But this is the third game in a row during this winning streak now where they have really dominated play. They crushed the Blues this past Saturday should have been a much more lopsided score. The fact that they even went to overtime just goes to show how great Jordan Bennington was. They destroyed Tampa Bay. <clears throat> um, that was a game they very much deserved to win. And then this one, they were badly beating the Predators for the final two periods. But it, the only reason why it was close, UC Soros, he's one of the best goaltenders in this league. You all saw that last night. Um, the Penguins, they played very well. And honestly, since coming back from the All-Star break, I know the results haven't been there the two games against the Islanders obviously stand out like a sore thumb because they win those. They're up to 73 points right now. I'm saying this right now. If they they win those two games, they're four points behind the Rangers right now. We could be talking about them getting top three in the Metro this season, potentially having a series against you know, either the Rangers or the Devils um, this season. But, you know, that's not likely right now. But, you know, you got to live with what you have. Um, but still, it was a big night. For them, they got points 68 and 69. Very nice. The Sabres lost in regulation. The Red Wings lost in regulation. And the Islanders lost in overtime. Penguins up three points for that final playoff spot. One point behind the Islanders for wildcard one. And the Penguins have four games in hand on them. The games in hand really starting to show um, right now. But um, just overall since the All-Star break, I've really liked, you know, some of these performances, even though they haven't been wins. You know, the games against the Islanders, they destroyed them. They shouldn't get the result. Outside of the game against Edmonton, New Jersey, you know, they put together some pretty decent performances. Again, the Blues, you know, you, you dominate a bad team. You win barely, but you still get the win. Tampa Bay, you dominate a very good team, get a blowout win. And in this one, you know, you dominate a team. It's a lot closer than I think some expected it to be because the Predators had no Ryan Johansson, no Philip Forsberg, no Tanner Janot. Uh, no Matias Ekholm, he just got traded. No Nino Niederreiter. They were down a lot of regulars who were either out via trade or injuries. 
Um, and the game was still close. They gave up a breakaway 20 seconds in, which was ridiculous. But outside of that, outside of, I should say, the first 10 minutes of this game, I thought the Penguins were by far the better team in this one. And the numbers also back it up at five on five. The Penguins had 58% of the shot attempts, 55% of the scoring chances, 59% of the high danger chances, and 60% of the expected goals. They were taking it to the Predators almost all game long. Um, The Penguins also only allowed eight shots total in the final two periods of the game. Only seven high danger chances against in the final 40 minutes. Very good job. That's all 5v5. Very good job by the Penguins defend, uh, defenders. And just, I would just say the whole lineup um, in this one. But, you know, who I really want to highlight in this hasn't gotten much love this year. Brock McGinn. I thought he played a tremendous game for the Penguins. Probably the best game he's played in two over two months, I would say. At this point, obviously got his first point since late December, since 2022, this was his first point of the seat of the year, not the season, but just the, the year in general. We're already into March, but he made the play to get the Penguins back into it. That pass that he made to Sidney Crosby was terrific. And a player like McGinn just got put on waivers five to six hours before he could have just mailed it in and be like, Hey, you know, I don't want to play for you guys anymore. You don't want me. John Manor doesn't want me, but he gave it his all. I mean, I think he wanted to show something in front of his dad. And I think things show something to his teammates and the coaching staff. And he sure did. He threw that pass beautifully to Sidney Crosby to spring him for the breakaway. Sid's able to go five hole on Saros to beat him, uh, to tie the game at one with about what, nine minutes left in the third period. Tremendous player for him. I thought he was penalty killing um, hard, that he was playing better offensively than he had been. Um, Just a really nice game um, from a player who really has just not had a lot of good games this season, but you know, when that, when it mattered most, he made the play that needed to be made and got the penguins. Um, I shouldn't say right back in the game. They were obviously in the game, but you know, but got the penguins back to even before Jason Zucker was able to score. Um, <clears throat> I don't really know what they have for their, for their plans with him. I would think they're probably going to send him down to Wilkesbury now because you know, the big news from today, Brock McGinn and Mark Freeman both cleared waivers. So if they were both bo- to both go down to Wilkesbury, the penguins will have about 4 million in salary cap space. Um, for Friday's trade deadline. That's what probably what I'm expecting, but you know, you could also trade him um, in a deal. Um, if that was his last game for the Penguins and he does not play on Thursday night, I'm not really sure if he will. Um, what a way to go out. I, I thought he played very well in that game. And I really wanted to highlight that during this first segment. I It was great to see him, you know, get rewarded for his efforts that game. And, you know, I've had him on my show. He's probably one of the nicest players that I've ever had the chance of speaking to. He, he loves playing here. Um, he's obviously loved by his teammates. This team is very tight, very close. Um, you saw that on display when he was given the warrior helmet. And then even Mike Sullivan had some glowing comments about him after the game. So great job by Ginner. Um, just beautiful pass and was able to spring Crosby for that goal. Jason Zucker gets the game winner. Uh, Soros looked like he didn't even see that. They got a gift there. You know, usually Soros is on his game and that sort of situation. The fact that he didn't see that the Penguins got very lucky. Then Brian Rust, great individual effort um, to get to make it 3-1 with just about 10 seconds left in the third period. And this was a game where the Penguins badly needed those two points. I am sorry. If you are playing a Predators team without, you know, all of that high-end talent that they were missing from their lineup, anything less than two points would be a failure. They got them. It's three in a row. They're starting to win some games in hand, starting to, starting to hopefully right the ship. 
and you beat a bad team that is already selling and I think is probably going to make another move or two before the trade deadline. I thought most of the top line was fine in this game. I thought Evgeny Malkin um, was unbelievable again. The one player, obviously, that sticks out like a sore thumb is Chris Letang. Beautiful take-to-take pass to Mark Jankowski. I mean, <laughs> you know, don't know what he was seeing there. Uh, that's probably one of the worst plays I've ever seen him make in his career. You know, I, you, know, you all know me. I'm a huge fan of his. Amazing player. Does a lot more good than bad. Very bad moment there. That could have been a lot more fatal if the Penguins had not come back to tie the game later on in the third period. But overall, strong win um, by the Penguins. Tristan Jari as well. Great performance from him. You know, here really starting to see him get close to 100% again, which I, I think is, you know, what, what we all want to see. He's been hurt for most of this year, not the season, but most of this year. Um, and, you know, it doesn't take a genius to see that he his conditioning didn't look right when he first came back against the Islanders. Cut gave up a couple of goals that, you know, he probably would want back. Yeah, he, I think he, did. he definitely would want back. But in this one, made a lot of timely saves, especially when the Penguins were bringing out shot 14 to 4 in that first period. He was awesome. Would expect him to get the start on Thursday against Tampa Bay Lightning. But overall, solid team performance. That's three good performances in a row. We'll see if they can make it four on Thursday in the final game. Um, before the trade deadline. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get to all of the smoke that has been around the Penguins the last 24 hours. Brock Besser, JT Miller, Jacob Trick, and get all the latest news and notes from around the league in terms of trade talks and what Ron Hextall might be cooking up here. And then to end the show, we're going to do a full preview for Thursday's game against lining the third and final matchup between these two teams. But before we get to that, if you are hiring, you need indeed because indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract interview and hire all in one place and indeed is also the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or or else you know you don't pay instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process find great talent through time-saving tools like indeed instant match assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. You know, one of the things I love about Indeed, you know, it, it just makes hiring all in one place just super easy. You know, once you send, send in an application, people get back to you pretty quickly, and then boom, you know, you have interviews just sometimes a few days later, sometimes, you know, a week later. Um, something like that. They make it easy to hire great talent according to Comscore. It's the number one job site worldwide and delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined according to Talent Nest. Starting right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Remember, you can start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. That goes through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Again, that's indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Animal Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So I have just been like so worried recording this because now, how, how many minutes are we into this now? Almost 12 minutes because I, I felt like, okay, this would be my, it would be so my luck if Ron Hextall makes a trade 
while I am recording, and then I have to give like a live reaction and just change on my show and yada yada yada. But it looks like that's not going to happen. Knock on wood. So let's jump right into it. There was so much smoke on Tuesday after I post my episode with Rob Rossi, Brock Besser, JT Miller, Jacob Tricklin. Is is a move about to be made? Pay attention to the lineup. Yada yada yada. Nope. I think things might have cooled. I heard a couple of things. I'm not at liberty to share them right now. It's going to be, I think, for another time. After the, you know, after the trade deadline, I'm going to, I'm going to share what I heard um, yesterday. Uh, that's that's again, that's for a different time. Now we'll have to see if that deal goes through. Um, but you know, it's looking like potentially the Penguins will be trading for Brock Besser, Marcus Pedersen, P.O. Joseph, or one of them will be going back, which would just been ridiculous because uh, I'm sorry, I don't think Marcus Pedersen is worth trading for Brock Besser, who is, I think, just because for a captain with a better shot. Uh, even POJ, I'd be a little hesitant because he's been pretty good this season. Uh, JT Miller with all that stuff from Matt Vensel. You know, that contract is an albatross. He also has a lot of baggage on the ice. Kind of stay away from that one as well. You know, nothing really new to report on that. Pierre Lebrun has said, you know, they've had trade conversations. Josh Yoey said today that he's been told by people inside the organization that, you know, the Penguins really want Ron Hextall to make a move before Friday's deadline. We're about 45 hours away from that point right now. He's the only GM in the Metropolitan Division to have not made a trade yet. See if that changes. He's also been told that, you know, just, you know, that that the Penguins have had trade talks with the Coyotes and the Canucks. And now obviously brings us Jacob Trickrin. Some of these teams that have been in on Trickrin are starting to make other moves today. Carolina Hurricanes acquire Shane Dostis Bear from the Arizona Coyotes. The Capitals yesterday acquire Rasmus Sandin for Eric Gustafson from the Toronto Maple Leafs. The LA Kings, earlier this morning, acquired Gabrikov and Jonas Corposalo from the LA Kings for Jonathan Quick. And that's a whole situation. I feel really bad for Quick there. So those are three teams right there. The Edmonton Oilers, they were checking in on Chickman. They trade for Matias Ekholm. Four teams right there. Gone. Who's left? Columbus Blue Jackets, sure. But I don't think Chickren would want to go there. The Detroit Red Wings, yeah, sure. They just made a pretty big trade with the Vancouver Canucks. They sent Philip Peronik in a fourth-round pick in exchange for a first-round and a second-round pick. I have no freaking clue what the Canucks are doing there. That is just screams of stupidity. Um, the Red Wings definitely have the picks. They have the prospects to make a trade for Trick and work. Stay tuned for that. But... You know, the Blues may be there, but the Penguins, you know, they're still looking around there. They would have to make the money work if they did send a couple of players down. Four million right there. I still think he, of, of these big-name players, Chickerman is the most likely to come to Pittsburgh. I would put, I would love a package deal that, that has him and someone like Lawson Krauss or Nick Schmaltz coming the other way. I think you feel two needs right there, one of which, obviously, a new partner for Chris Letang, someone that can, you know, sometimes clean up his messes defensively and also provide more offense to the back end. And especially um, Kraus or Schmaltz, some bottom six help that this team desperately needs. And I mean desperately needs right now. So I would love if they were to do like something like a package deal, like a two for one deal where, you know, obviously you have a lot of picks and stuff going the other way, but you're still getting two players out of it. And according to Rob Rossi, that has been discussed between the Penguins and the Coyotes, but you know, it's not really known um, how far down the road that is. Rob also reported today that they are still in pursuit of Trickman. That has not changed. Um, and he was also told last night that he does, it doesn't look like Besser is going to be coming 
to the Penguins. You know, there's been a lot of smoke there, but, you know, doesn't look like that according to him, according to his sources right now. Um, I'm sure there'll be other players on Hextall's radar. I saw John Klingberg and Dmitry Kulikov were a healthy scratch today for trade-related reasons. Hard pass. I don't want either of those two players. Klingberg can still move the puck up the ice offensively, but his defense is just a train wreck. Dmitry Kulikov is just a left-handed version of Jan Ruda. Hard pass for me on that. Um, if the Red Wings continue to be bad, you know, tomorrow night, I would look into Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, his numbers this year, not quite what you would want, but he's also been banked up at times. I think he makes a lot of sense for the same plug plug him on the third line, something like that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Going to have to give to get. I do not expect this team as is right now to be the same after Friday at 3 p.m. I know it's bad timing with the dad's trip. I feel really bad for some of these players that are in on trade rumors right now because you're going to have to explain to your dad, hey, dad, yeah, I know you're on the trip with me, but yeah, I just got traded if the Penguins do make a trade. In the next 45 hours, I would feel really bad in that situation. So, you know, we'll have to see. Um, again, you know, just based off of Yoey's reporting today, it sounds like people inside the organization are potentially pushing for Hextall to make a trade. I don't know if he's feeling pressured, but there's definitely people in there that um, want him to get this team some help. I think last night in these last three games, they have shown to this front office that they are worthy of getting some help on the trade market. You are three points up and for that final playoff spot. You made your bed with the core during the offseason. You kind of have no choice. And the Capitals, people are saying, look, why don't you do what the Capitals do? Capitals are five points out right now. They're punting. I mean, they're, they've also played a lot more games than the Penguins have. Penguins have been a little more consistent than the Capitals have this season. Capitals have dealt with a lot of injuries. It's, you know, I think the two different two situations are completely different. You know, well, I wouldn't say completely different, but a little bit different. So um, that's that's what I have to explain about that. But yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see here. You know, I would love a two for one deal from Arizona. Vancouver, you know, if you want to get someone from the Canucks, go after Connor Garland. You know, he's the best winger you could probably get from there. Kuzmenko, if you want to try to get him, but the Canucks also just extended him. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, at all. So just um, making sure here on Twitter. No, nothing else has happened. Okay, just had to make sure on that. Um, but I think that'll wrap up this segment of the Lock on Penguins podcast. Um, that's your daily fix of trade rumors. Obviously, things can change in the blink of an eye. Um, if I'm Hextall, you know, again, I'm not going after those two Anaheim defensemen. I'm not going after James Van Reevesdyke. That's a total Hextall kind of move. Um, I was not really a big fan of Shane Goss's beer, though his numbers are not totally bad. You know, Carolina kind of gave up nothing to get him. So I think if the Penguins wanted to give up something like that, I would not have minded. But, you know, if they were giving up a pick this year, I kind of would have been like, mm, I'm not really a big fan of that. But 45 hours ago, things can change on the dot. It would also be my luck if I post this episode and the Penguins make a trade. So we'll have to see what happens there. Coming up in the final segment, I'm going to give you the keys as to how the Penguins can sweep the season series against the Tampa Bay Lightning this season. But before we get into that, it's time to talk about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, and that's bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Just download FanDuel Sportsbook app right now. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. 
Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three strain. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. And bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and locked on. All right, I'm back in this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at Analyst Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. So, Pens Bolts Thursday night final game for the trade deadline. This Tampa Bay team is going to be coming into this matchup pissed the hell off. Pardon my language there. Itchy double hockey sticks. They just got blown out by the Panthers. They have basically had their controller disconnected for their last three to four games. They're not playing well right now. Um, John Cooper is going to give it to them during practice in the morning skate. I would expect a very fired up team on Thursday. That's going to be a very tough game for the Penguins to win. I know the Penguins have had a lot of success against the Lightning and the Mike Sullivan era. They've won four out of their last five against them. Um, they seem to just create matchup problems um, for the Lightning. But no, I think this one's going to be a lot tougher to win because the Lightning are going to be coming into this really um, really upset. They just need to reset a little bit um, after those last couple of games. But, you know, lineup again, Alex Kalorn, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, Brandon Hagel, Anthony Sorelli, uh, Anthony Sorelli, Steven Stamkos, Tanner Janot. It looks like it's on the third line with Nick Paul and Ross Colton. Janot, you know, that's a total Tampa Bay acquisition. Someone who, you, you know, obviously they paid a lot for, but Tampa Bay doesn't care. Julian Bisball, he actually had a pretty good explanation for it. He just said, you know, if you look at the odds that all these picks have into, into turning into NHL players, they're not that high, which is why I want the help now and not have to think about all of this down the road. He's just kind of like a guy who's spamming picks. It's like, oh, I'm going to offer you this, 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 and you're going to take it no matter what. And I think David Poyle and Barry Trotz were like, okay, we'll just we'll do that. Was it an overpay? Yes, but this is a total Tampa Bay move. Would not be surprised if he goes out there and lights it up because he had 24 goals last season. He's struggling this year. We'll have to see, but you know, he's on the line with Nick Paul and Ross Colton. And then Corey Perry, Pat Maroon, and Pierre Edward Belmar. Victor Hedman, Zach Bogosian, Mikhail Sergachev, Nick, uh, Nicholas Perbix, Eric Chernick, and then Ian Cole. And then this time, my friends, you are going to see Andre Vasilevsky. They are not going to start Brian Elliott. There is no game for the Lightning tonight. Um, this will be Vasilevsky. This will be the first time in potentially the only time the Penguins will have seen Vasilevsky this season. Penguins beat Vasilevsky twice last year, actually lit him up um, in the two games that they won. You know, I think the one down in Tampa, they put up, I think it was like at least four to five goals on him. And then the one, um, I think actually both games in Tampa, I should say they put up at least four goals on him. You know, they, they, they knew how to beat him last season. We'll have to see if that carries over to this year. Get traffic in front of them. The Penguins have really been going through a stretch here where they're playing against some of the better goaltenders in the league. I know Jordan Bennington is not, but he had a very good game. UC Soros, um, Andre Vasilevsky, probably one of the, the goal, best goalie of this generation. Um, Got to get traffic in front of him. He, unlike Soros, he is a big body. He can swallow up basically the entire net. And see, so, yeah, you have to get traffic in front of Soros, but he's a different goalie because he's a lot smaller. So if you can get him to move a little bit, that's what I think where his weakness is. But for Vasilevsky, his movement is his strength. Got it. You still got to get traffic in front of him. Make it as impossible for him to see those pucks coming in as possible. And, you know, just honestly, do for the most part, do what you did last time, except, you know, it had a little bit of a sluggish start, I would say, against Tampa Bay. 
um, on Sunday, outside of the, of the Drew O'Connor goal, which I'm going to finish off the show with a little quick shout out to him in just a second. But you allow the Lightning to come back to take the lead 2-1. You know, you're kind of starting to tilt the ice a little bit, but then, you know, once you get that goal to make it 2-2, the floodgates open. I don't think it's going to be the same for that. But, you know, if you can get a big stretch where, you know, you're scoring a few goals in a few minutes or something like that to really put the game out of reach, that would obviously be big. Got to get the power play rolling. It is I, I, I don't care – the power play has scored four goals in the last six games, or at least, excuse me, have they've had at least one power play goal in four of their last six games. That doesn't matter to me. It's been a higher fire of a unit all season. Tar Reardon has just shown no ability to fix it. It needs to change in a big way because had the Penguins lost on Tuesday night, a big reason for it would have been the power play. Tristan Jari, I assume he gets a start. He needs to continue to play up to his standards are a little bit higher. DeSmith won the last one against the Lightning, but this for this one, Jari, you know, his conditioning is going to be back up. He's starting to look 100% healthy. Need to see if he can, you know, get fully back there. I'm not going to say he's fully back yet, but he's definitely on his way. And I think a start against Tampa Bay where he plays well, um, you know, that would go a long way um, into making that happen. Um, you know, be nice if to get some more depth scoring. Um, last night, it was the top six that led the way. You know, if they can, you know, repeat that um, recipe from Sunday where Jeff Carter, Teddy Bluger, Drew O'Connor, and Brian Dumoulin score, at least some of those guys score, that would be awesome. Um, you can't just be relying to beat a team like Tampa Bay with just your top six. Um, you know, in both Tampa, in both meetings in Tampa Bay this season, they've had their depth step up. In the first one, Jeff Carter scored. You know, Ricard Raquel, you know, he's on the uh, he's in the top six. He played well in that game. But, you know, funny enough, Carter has scored in both games against Tampa this year. Tate Bluger obviously got one, Brian Dumoulin. So, you know, maybe someone to keep an eye on is Jeff Carter, um, you know, for this one, because, you know, he hasn't scored a lot this season, but against Tampa Bay, he, he's had at least one goal. Want to see how they start the game. Um, they gave up a breakaway 20 seconds into the game against Nashville on Tuesday night. That's not good enough. Uh, it's not good enough at all. They, they were lucky that Jerry was able to bail them out there when Mikhail Granlund um, came in, but this one's going to be a lot of fun. Um, final game before the deadline. We'll have to see if there's a move made before then. I don't know. You know, I think Hextall might just be doing what he did last year. Yens. He's kind of playing with fire, hoping these prices drop in the next 45 plus hours here. Um, he got lucky with Raquel is the same is lightning going to strike twice, whether it comes to JT Miller, Jacob Trickren, Brock Besser, who knows? And then I'll end the show with a huge shout out to Drew O'Connor. Play one of his finest games of the season on Tuesday night. Was forechecking relentlessly. Got a couple of quality scoring chances. Also is defending well. He looks like he is a player that needs to be in this lineup on an every night base. Especially if a forward or two is moved out for some forward help. He needs to stay in this lineup permanently. He deserves it right now. He's playing good hockey. Um, and you can see his confidence building game after game after game. Really like what I'm seeing from him. Um, but that will do it for this episode of Locked on Penguins Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. It's a big week here for this team and obviously the show. Keep it right here on Locked on Penguins as you know, you all be the first to know on any latest rumors, any trades for the Penguins, everything regarding this team, you all will be the first to know. So thank you all so much for listening. For my Thursday episode, we're going to have a full game recap for the game against Tampa. And then on Friday... You know, the true magic will happen as we will have a show reacting to all of the breaking news regarding this team if they make a big blockbuster. 
um, by then. But again, thank you all so much for listening. I will talk with you all on Thursday.